Welcome to Pastors Are People Too podcast, hosted by our very own pastor, author, teacher, Taryn V. Gaddis. Join us each week as we are privy to a sneak peek into the pastor's study, where we are gifted to hear the heart of our pastors through the voice of one pastor who has been the pastor of one church for over 30 years. Listen in on conversations between pastors discussing topics that overwhelm their hearts at times. Come find out about obstacles that turned into opportunities for ministry, burdens that became blessings. Many pastors will never have these conversations with their members. So we invite you to lean in and listen closely with an open heart to the hearts of pastors everywhere. Why is it that we need to see our pastors as as shepherds, but yet sheep at the same time? Because I believe that a lot of pastors have gotten a bad rap. One, anytime a pastor fails, the first thing that people want to say is that pastor is fake. But I want to say that your pastor is not fake. I want to just tell you that the struggle is real. When we've seen these pastors who have fallen in to uh, sin and it is published their sin, no one ever talks about the steps that got them there. That they, many of them have faced burnout. Many of them have faced and experienced personal problems. They face critics in 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 uh, in their churches. They have fights with boards and and leadership trying to lead people into the things of God. And critics often rush to claim that pastors are fake. But I want to tell you that most pastors that I know are not fake. No one gets into ministry to fake. The pastors have started, served, and shaped churches because they love Jesus. Join us now for our very first episode of Pastors Are People Too. As we get a little insight on why pastors are people too, and what our responsibility as people are to the pulpit. Lean in and listen closely. Hello and welcome to Pastors Are People Too. I'm your host, pastor, teacher, author, Taryn Gaddis. This podcast series is where we'll talk about the God-ordained partnership, stewardship, and fellowship between pastor and people. I've had the privilege of preaching, teaching, loving, leading, and sharing, and serving the same church for 30 years. And one thing that I've learned is, is that most churches and most membership understand the pastor's role and responsibility to the people. In other words, church people understand 
the pastor's role to them, but somehow they miss their role and responsibility to the pastor. I believe what Jeremiah 3.15 says, he says, and I'll give you shepherds after and pastors after my own heart who will feed you and with knowledge and understanding. I love the message translation. It says, I'll give you good shepherds, rulers who will rule my way, who will rule with intelligence and wisdom. That's exactly what Jeremiah did. Jeremiah was a prophet in a time of crisis. He lived and died in a century of crisis. He faced opposition. He faced persecution. He faced defeat and discouragement. And yet, this pastor, he's a man which God used in one of the most important scenes in Bible history. The prophet Jeremiah is called upon to serve God while he watches his beloved nation decline, destruct, and ultimately die. And that, my brothers and sisters, is exactly what pastors are dealing with right now. Pastors live under a great burden for the flock of God and that God has given them the responsibility for. Most church members view the pastor as someone who exists for them. While it is true that God gives pastors to feed and lead and love the flock and equip them for ministry, it is equally true that God gives people to a pastor to help him. Moses had Aaron and Elisha had Elisha and Paul had Timothy and every man of God needs people who encourage him or her. Pastors are real people and they fight real battles. There are many ways that you can help your pastor, but the greatest way that I believe you can help your pastor is to recognize that while your pastor is the shepherd, he is also a sheep. I'll say it one more time. That while your pastor is called to be a shepherd, he is also a sheep. Nothing will encourage your shepherd more than knowing that somebody recognizes him or her as a person. Paul writes uh, to the believers at Rome in Romans chapter 15 verse 30 he says to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf he asked the believers at Ephesus he says praying at all times Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication he made the same request to the believers at Philippi in Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, he says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. He made an appeal to the believers at Colossae to pray for him in Colossians 4, verses 2 through 4. 
He says, at the same time, pray for also for us that God may open to us a door for the world, for the word to declare the mysteries of Christ on account of which I am a prisoner. The great apostle wrote two letters to the church at Thessalonica. And in both letters, he pleads, you guessed it, for prayer. First Thessalonians 5 and 25, Second Thessalonians 3 and 1. He says, brothers, pray for us. This is a ministry every church should have if they understand that their pastor, while, be, while being called to be a shepherd, is a sheep. Just over the last three years, we've seen pastors and we've heard about pastors who have resigned, who's gotten terminated, and who has even gotten excommunicated for drugs, alcohol addiction, spousal abuse, moral failures, misappropriations of fun, inappropriate con conduct, sexual immorality, mo molestation, child pornography, and the list goes on and on. All of these things break the very heart of God. But all of these things also hurt churches and also hinders ministry and entertain gossip writers and social media commentators and bloggers and, communi and community uh, critics. But let me quickly say, while I do not condone or make excuse for any pastor to sin, I do have a belief, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that encourages us to be sober-minded, to be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Friends, I want to use this platform to employ, to encourage, and to empower each of us to make it a habit to seeing our pastors not only as shepherds but as sheep as well and that we ought to pray for our pastors every time that we pray for ourselves this means not only praying for your pastor daily but uh, but 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 to pray for him or her as many times a day that you pray for yourself we expect our pastors to study we expect pastors to to visit we expect pastors to labor and counsel and and lead and to minister but how often do we we remember them in prayer i often hear uh people bemoan and 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 uh the lack of great preachers in this generation perhaps what we really lack is great prayers three times in the book of hebrew chapter 13 does the writer hebrew remind us to remember our shepherds and obey our shepherds and to greet our shepherds those things are very important because it helps us to understand that our pastors while they are called sheep while they're called to be shepherds, they're also called to be sheep. It is significant that the very heart of this same chapter, Hebrews chapter 
uh, number 13. That in the same chapter we read in verse 18, pray for us. That, 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 that to me is the best and the greatest attitude any spiritual leader can have. And that is to pray for them. You cannot criticize someone while you are praying for them. I often tell the people where I'm privileged to pastor and serve that you cannot row the boat and rock the boat at the same time. Meaning, you cannot really pray earnestly and faithfully and persistently and not partner with a person who preaches from the pulpit Sunday after Sunday. I've taken the time to share some great quotes from some, some great uh, theologians and, and pastors and preachers as it relates to praying for that, that Prince of Preachers, Charles uh, Spurgeon, was asked the secret to his ministry. He answered, very simply, my people pray for me. Oswald Chambers said, God never gives us discernment in order that we may criticize, but that we may intercede. Beth Moore says that there are parts of our calling works of the Holy Spirit and defeats of darkness that will come no other way than through fervent, furious, faith-filled, unceasing prayer. R.A. Torah says, God has not changed. His ears is just as quick to hear the voice of real prayer, and his hands is just as long and strong to save as it ever was. Ian Bounds says this, the prayer closet is the battlefield of the church. It's the citadel, the scene of heroic and unearthly conflict. Leonard uh, Ravenhill says, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We have many organizers, but few agonizers. Many players, but not prayers. Few prayers and many singers. Few clingers and a lot of pastors. Few wrestlers, many fearers. Few tearers, much fashion, little passion. Many inferiors and not enough interferers, but not enough intercessors. Many write, but few fight. Failing here, we fail everywhere. When we pray for our pastors and when we see them as shepherds called by God, but yet sheep who Christ himself had to die for, we have a part in every one to whom our pastors ministers to. You may not be a great speaker. You may not ever get behind the pulpit. But whatever you do, when you pray for your pastor, you are helping your pastor. You are ministering alongside of your pastor. One of the things that uh, I'm very proud of is that in these 31 years, God has has led me to form a Praying for Pastors Fellowship. 
It is a fellowship where we based it on a chapter in the book of Exodus. In the book of Exodus, you see where Moses is standing on the top of the hill. He has ordered his uh, his second in command, Joshua, to go and fight the enemy in the valley. And the Bible says that when his arms were up, they began to win in the valley. But yet, when they, his arms were lower, the enemy will begin to prevail in the valley. And the Bible says it went from early morning, dawn, to late in the evening. But the Bible says that when his arms were up, Joshua and his army would prevail in the valley. But when Moses' arms would become heavy and they would go down, then the enemy would prevail in the valley. But thank God that Moses was not on the mountain alone. But he had two men, Aaron and Hur, who was there to hold up the arms of the man of God. Well, why is it that we need to see our pastors as as shepherds, but yet sheep at the same time? Because I believe that a lot of pastors have gotten a bad rap. One, anytime a pastor fails, the first thing that people want to say is that pastor is fake. But I want to say that your pastor is not fake. I want to just tell you that the struggle is real. When we've seen these pastors who are falling in to uh, sin and it is publish their sin, no one ever talks about the steps that got them there. That they, many of them have faced burnout. Many of them have faced and experienced personal problem. They face critics in 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 uh, in their churches. They have fights with boards and and leadership trying to lead people into the things of God. And critics often rush to claim that pastors are fake. But I want to tell you that most pastors that I know are not fake. No one gets into ministry to fake. The pastors have started, served, and shaped churches because they love Jesus. They've led out in love for Jesus. They sincerely want to see people reached and people saved. They really want to reach the lost and the left, the, the left out and, and the looked over. And they, act, they actually want to see people in heaven. And when I think about pastors who are hurting, pastors who are grieving pastors, who are whose marriages are on the rocks. I often feel the urge to pray for them. And I hope that that's what you hear today, that it would cause you to understand that while pastors are called to be sheep, called to be shepherds, excuse me, they are sheep. And the pastors are not fake. That ministry is real. But but pastors are not fake and ministry is real. But secondly, I want to tell you that pastors are not fake. Leading is hard. John Maxwell says, any leader who looks back and nobody's following all he's doing, he's not leading, he's just taking a walk. It's hard to lead 
anybody or anything, let alone a church. Leaders face pressure of non-leaders that don't understand pastors. Many times you're criticized for doing something, criticized for not doing something, criticized for not planning, criticizing for planning, criticizing for not having a vision, criticizing for having a vision. They just can't win. And at the same time, there are pastors who are under the pressure of trying to lead their families, lead their marriages, lead relationships, and lead themselves and also lead churches that after three years of a pandemic, they're faced with members who some refuse to come back to church. And so now they're trying to do the same level of ministry with less income, with less servants, with less volunteers. And pastors are not fake. The struggle's real. Pastors are not fake because it's hard to lead anything. And lastly, God can use even broken people. God loves you. And God loves you even in your brokenness. So can we admit that there's been times when the personality in the pulpit has 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 made a bad choice and we've jumped on them with great criticism, great complaint, and caused great confusion in the church. But yet, we've forgotten that God loves them and God can still use broken people. It's amazing that we serve a church, many pastors, who want great grace to be exposed to those that are in the pew. And they want to hear great sermons about the amazing grace of God. But yet, so many people in the pew don't believe that same grace that handles and that holds the life of those who sit in the pew can handle and hold the one who stands behind the pulpit. I want to end by sharing a couple of things with you that I believe that will be very important for our journey over the next several weeks. Too often, uh, we hold up a perfect picture of what we believe a church ought to look like, what a pastor, what his spouse, what the pastor's spouse and pastor's family ought to look like. But we all need to remember Eaton. Somewhere in the back of our minds and know that even though Eaton was perfect, that Eaton is a place where sin entered the world. It, 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 it isn't Eaton, it isn't heaven that we're living in right now. There's a war that is going on and 
the greatest battlefield is not in the world. The greatest battlefield is in the church because we have sheep who look at their shepherds differently than the shepherd looks at their sheep. We don't, we listen, pastors are people too. <laughs> we need to be redeemed just like you. When we're broken, we need to be redeemed. There's a complex mixture of sin and grace in the pulpit, just like there's sin and grace in the pew. True pastors struggle. And sometimes we cannot handle the realness, the rawness, and the relevance of this kind of talk. But let me just tell you, pastors are people too. We don't have a direct line to God any more than you do. Our marriages aren't easy just because we're in ministry. Matter of fact, I'll tell you from experience, not something I read in a book, not something I learned in Bible school or in seminary. Listen, sometimes our marriages are harder. Our souls are not exempt from pain and hurt. Our families are not preserved from grief. Pastors aren't better people. They're just called people. Pastors are not better people. They're just called people. Called to do the same, called to the same calling to which non-pastors are called, but in a specialized role. Sometimes I wish that, that we would actually read the Bible, that we would understand that none of us are perfect. Don't, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not in no wise trying to cast a, a net and say that there's no fake pastors and that they're, uh, they're, they're, they're not pastors who sin and they, they don't grieve the sin and they, they, have no, they, they, they have no idea. What, there are people who are wolves in sheep clothing. Paul writes and says, when I leave, there's going to be people who rise up from within you that's going to create great chaos in the church. But I hope tonight that as you are listening to this, that you will begin to understand that pastors are people too. I tell a story often about uh, the first Superman. He was doing a... Um, a, a promotion at a grocery store. There he was standing in the suit that he had done so many episodes of Superman in. He's standing there with his tall and and standing there with his muscles and standing there with his S on his chest. A little boy had saw in the newspaper that Superman was going to be at his local grocery store. So he decides to take his father's gun, go down to the store, 
and shoots Superman. So he arrives at the store, he pulls the gun out, points it right at Superman. And the man in the Superman suit said, hold on, wait a minute. What are you going to do? He says, I'm going to shoot because I want to see the bullet bounce off of you and ricochet. The man in the suit knowing <laughs> that the Superman character is only on television, that in real life, if that bullet hit him, that death was surely to come. He, conv he convinced the young man that if he shot him. Yes, the bullet would bounce off, but it may ricochet and hit somebody else. So encourage the kid to hand him the gun. He knew that if that bullet hit him, that that S on the chest was not going to stop anything. That the Superman costume would not stop anything. And likewise, on Sunday morning, whether your pastor is in the suit or in a clergy robe. That robe or that suit and that pulpit and that Bible will not stop what is coming toward your pastor. Pastors do not have bulletproof ministries. They are under attack. And what we need is those who are in the, in the pew who would look at the personality in the pulpit and begin to pray. See that man or woman of God who stands before you Sunday after Sunday as a person. Yes, they have a call on their life. Yes, they have a great call on their life. Yes, they are the ones who teach and preach and love and lead through the word of God. But at the end of the day, they are flesh and blood just like you are. So I encourage you to have this conversation with others in your church. Have this conversation with others so that people will begin to understand the pastors are not perfect. They're just called of God. Wow. What an amazing and insightful word we received on today. Pastor Taryn Gaddis shared with us that pastors are people too. That pastors are not being fake. The struggle is real. That pastors are not being fake. It's hard to lead. And lastly, that pastors are not being fake. It's just that God can use broken people. What a word. We pray that you were encouraged and blessed by today's podcast, but also that you were challenged to become a faithful prayer warrior for your pastor. Now, back to Pastor Gaddis as he closes out with some final remarks and a word of prayer. We'll see you next time. On pastors are people too. So I want to encourage you to pray publicly for your pastor. Pray privately for your pastor. Teach your family how to pray for your pastor. 
pray for your pastor daily. Set aside a special season to pray for your pastor. You cannot do everything, but you can do something. My pastor always taught us. You can do the most important thing you can do. And that is to understand that pastors are people too and pray for them. Would you take a moment right now and can we just pray for pastors? Father, we thank you today for this these moments that we've had. We thank you for the acknowledgement of Jeremiah that you'll give pastors after your own heart. So we accept the role of the shepherd in our lives to lead us, to guide us, to serve, to serve us and to love us and to counsel us and to walk with us on the mountaintop and in the valley. But we pray for our pastor as a person. We pray for his hurts. We pray for his pains. We pray for his tears. We pray for his heart that has been broken. We pray for his family. We pray for his spouse. We pray for the children of our pastor. We pray for the finances of our pastor. We pray, Father, for that you will encourage them you will strengthen them and that you will always be with them and then open up our eyes those of us who sit in the pew to pray to become spiritual Aaron herds to hold up their arms and to understand that sometimes they become weak sometimes they become frail Sometimes they become fatigued. But Father, we know you are God who's not able not only able to strengthen them, but you're able to send men and women who will surround them and be strength for them. We thank you for these moments that we've had to share. We love you and we thank you. And it is in the mighty and powerful and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.